Greetings and welcome to the Triumph Motorcycles for the Ride podcast. I'm your host, Adam Vanderveen. Just wanted to send you a friendly reminder that all the views and opinions expressed on the podcast are solely those of myself and the guest and not representative of Triumph Motorcycles Limited or Triumph Motorcycles America. So today's guest is Jared Erickson. He's the owner of Brother Moto. You might know them as a coffee shop, DIY repair shop, or an apparel brand or all the above. So here it is. Jared Erickson, all around cool dude. I got the key to the highway. I'm all packed and I'm gonna go. Lord, let me ride out tomorrow, honey. I won't be back no more. Well, Jared, welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so, Jared, you are uh, probably best known as the uh, well the founder, owner, owner of yeah, Brother co- Moto. Co-founder. Co-founder. Uh, yeah, me, me and another buddy uh, started about six years ago. Um, yeah, 2014. So uh, it's it's now currently just me uh, as the owner. But okay, yeah. so so Jared, current current owner of Brother Moto. Yes. Um, and I almost it's it's hard to put an adjective at the end of Brother Moto. Mm-hmm. Like you know, usually you would say Brother Moto blank, <laughs> uh, but but the, but there's not a very clean yeah. blank, especially right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some people know us as a coffee shop. Some people know us as a brand. Some people know us as a DIY garage. So uh, kind of combine a couple different business models into one, um, all for the motorcycle lifestyle. Yeah, but, right on. And it's ever flowing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's ever flowing. It's always going, especially with recent situations. You know, we've kind of uh, turn more into an online brand just because you can't gather and have events and <laughs> exactly yeah well and and I'll uh, I'd love to kind of get to to where you guys are today but maybe let's start with um, where where did that where did that brand originate from or that idea or concept yeah um, yeah so I moved to the city about ten years ago um, in that time I really got into motorcycles. Uh, and didn't know where to go, who to meet, you know. Um, and I also like bikes. Uh, came across my buddy Bobby uh, Russell. Um, we just had mutual friends in common, and we started wrenching on our bikes. He was a photographer. I was a designer. Uh, we'd be wrenching on our bikes, breaking down, going on trips, you know, all the, all the fun things that vintage bikes um, uh, carry along with them. But yeah, we, we just kind of had the idea of like, it would be cool to have something in Atlanta where people could go and work on their own bikes uh, instead of taking them to shops. And so we kind of had the idea of a brand slash DIY garage, uh, you know, which back then was somewhat of a newish concept to be open to the public, um, you know, to provide a space with all the tools, uh, knowledge and community to be able to work on your own bike. Um, cause especially here in the city, you know, there's just no garage space or you're paying double just for a little shed, right. um, you know, or just to have the tools. Um, and, uh, how long had you been in Atlanta, uh, before coming up with that idea? Probably. I mean, that was like four or so years, uh, was in Atlanta and, you know, in the creative scene a lot, uh, doing graphic design and web development, um, in that time before, uh, yeah, but, but loved Atlanta. Uh, but again, you know, you'd see these different groups, you'd see the Harley riders, the, you know, the street bikes, the, um, 
you know, didn't quite know where the vintage scene was. And that was really what I was into, what Bobby was into, just because they were cheap, easy bikes to get around town. And they look cool. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so then uh, I guess even prior to opening up the shop, just uh, you amassed uh, a skill set just from wrenching on your own bikes? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, just fixing, you know, and, and learning from other local people. Um, yeah, and that, that kind of gave Bobby and I the, the idea to um, – you know, what if we threw a party and just saw who showed up, you know, from the local scene. So uh, we had an event called Something Fun. And that's basically <laughs> all we said it was, was it was going to be something fun for motorcyclists. And, you know, we had three, four hundred people show up um, at the it was one of the local venues here. But uh, at that time, we also presented a bike. Um uh, Honda that we were going to raffle off, you know, as kind of a, the, the kickoff to the the brand and the company, uh, pitching the idea of a DIY garage, you know, that we wanted to bring into the city. Uh, yeah. So that party almost like proved that there was interest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was kind of, it was, it was kind of like, I assume there's people here that would want something like this. And, you know, after hearing from the people and um, just seeing the support of the idea, we decided to kind of go all in and, and do it, which we had no clue what we were doing. And, <laughs> you know, we were, we were photographers and designers and uh, never had a commercial space, you know, before that. And, uh, yeah, we, we learned a lot. <laughs> so would you say, was there already uh, a number of classic motorcycle owners that just didn't really have a community yet yeah yeah that was that was really the biggest thing was this you know or even people that had newer bikes they still had the classics or you know appreciated that you know they just didn't really have a place to go show them off or you know community to be around with those um so you know so it was really cool just seeing people be like yeah i have for these other bikes or you know i haven't been able to get them working or have a space to work on them um so it was, it was really kind of one of those if you build it they will come situations all right so so you guys built it you started then with uh i'm just assuming a, a small garage and yeah we um uh found a space in east atlanta village uh and um it's about two thousand three thousand square feet you know it's a good size but we built out kind of a retail area and then about five lifts uh you know and then walls of tools uh and we raffled off this bike and you know that was able to give us like a couple months of rent and then you know investment and some tools um and opened the doors and quickly grew to almost 200 members you know in, in six months um and, and our goal there was always making it just an affordable thing. Uh, there's a lot of garages that, you know, it's a, it's almost like a second home that you're uh, sure. leasing out. And we wanted to make this super accessible um, and welcoming, you know, because we had a lot of new people, a lot of old people uh, that have been riding a long time. And, yeah. So what was... Uh, what was the original membership model then? Yeah, the, originally it was, uh, let's see, it was about $20 a month, you know, which is less than Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that allowed you to just, um, you know, be part of it. Uh, you could bring in your bike. You just couldn't leave it there. So if you're coming to an oil change, you stop on by and get it up on a lift, do the oil change, dispose of all your oil properly. You know, it was, it was really just providing a great service for people that lives in apartments or uh lofts and yeah stuff. perfect um 
Wait, so the, the rule of thumb was not to leave your bike there. So then, mm-hmm. uh, did that prevent anybody from doing like major, major? Yeah. So, projects? so we, we did offer, we, we saw the need for like, okay, some people want to build their bikes. So, um, we offered, you know, a higher membership, which allowed you to keep a bike there. Um, you know, that, that definitely started to limit our space because <laughs> yeah. you'd have people that have the idea to, you know, oh, I'm going to redo all my carbs. And then a month later, they still haven't done it. And the bike's been sitting there forever. Um, but you know, you, you saw, I, there's a lot of college kids that would kind of get a cheap bike and that was their project was to fix it up and they get it kicked over and running for the first time. And it was, it was a really cool feeling, really cool to see that, you know, people working with their hands and, and learning from other people as well. Yeah, no, that's a great concept. So then and part of the service was a bit of like coaching and education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was that, was that you personally doing that or, <laughs> or was it just anybody helping each other? Yeah. We, we, we had a few people, you know, key members. Uh, we still do. I, I keep talking in the past, but it's kind of, yeah, we still have a lot of uh, great members that, you know, would help each other out. Uh, I would teach some uh, basic workshops on changing oil, carb cleaning, you know, um, general troubleshooting kind of classes. So we try to do like a monthly big workshop and then there's always someone kind of there to help help out. Um, in the later years, I hired a mechanic uh, that was there to be able to, you know, you could pay for one-on-one time basically and he would show you um, how to fix your bike. Nice. Didn't uh, uh, Getting off topic a yeah. little bit because I'd love to, to keep learning how Brother Moto progressed, but um, I, I'm really curious, did, did you find that when people owned a motorcycle and then brought it in and did a lot of their own work on it. Did it uh, almost uh, further their passion in in their bikes and in riding? Well, and, and over the years, it's like, that's, that's the biggest drop off I've seen is someone buys a bike. They don't have a community, you know, at first it starts with the community and then it starts with like a place to work on it. Um, You know, so they buy a bike, they run into a problem, it sits for six months and they never do anything with it, you know, where uh, on the flip side, we saw people coming in weekly, working on their bike, having that community, you know, and <laughs> maybe to to a bad sense, they end up buying 10 bikes, you know, because they get so obsessed right. with it. <laughs> well, it, it, it keeps them, it, it keeps them riding. Yeah, it keeps um, them riding and motivated. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and two, what I loved about the culture we had was, uh, we're accepting all types of bikes, you know, all types of people, obviously. But, um, you know, so you, you saw someone that would only rode dirt, you know, get to be around a cruiser or, you know, a standard bike. So they were more, um, yeah, they, they were just more, they saw a lot more sure. <laughs> bikes and yeah. learned to appreciate a lot more as well. What, what, uh, what would happen if somebody couldn't physically get their bike there because it was that type of repair. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that happened a lot. Um, for a while, I, I bought like an old Chevy van and would go pick up bikes, you know, for people do local pick up and drop off. Um, but that's another beast in itself and <laughs> it takes a lot of time. So, uh, yeah, so either towing services, there'd be times, you know, depending on the person and what the problem was, like either I'd send my mechanic out and you know, he, he knew it was something that was a quick fix on the side of the road, um, or vice versa. Right. Um, so the, in those early days, uh, it, uh, I think it, I'm guessing you had a day job, uh, mm-hmm. at, at some point, did you give that up to yeah, start actually, the brand? Actually just, uh, 
I guess it's about two years ago now I, I went on full time, you know, being able to pay myself enough to live off of. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, both Bobby and I for a while were, you know, still working other part time jobs and or other full time <laughs> part time jobs, um, you know, doing design and photography. And uh, yeah, it, but just recently I decided to really go full in and, and try to make it work um, as much as possible. Well, great. I mean, glad you did that because uh, I really hope the brand, you know, survives and comes back in, in some sort of physical sense at yeah. some point. Um, so what was the inspiration for the name? Uh, that's a great question because a lot of times I'll tell the story how, how I got into bikes where my brother, he invited me to a public or the, one of the safety riding courses and um so they're like oh you must have named it after your brother but actually no <laughs> we just <laughs> i think we wrote down a bunch of names and that's just one that stuck uh so i wish it had a really deep meaning you know for a lot of people it, it is kind of the brotherhood of you know motorcycling and there, there's that kind of respect to it um but other than that it's just you know everyone needs a brother at a time and we right try to be that yeah no it, it's friendly it rolls off the tongue it, yeah. it says a lot so a good name yeah. not, not, not every great name needs a great origin yeah. story but, uh, but that's a good one um so then uh, really in the early days it truly was a, a dy garage membership program mm -hmm. and i know in in the what i knew of it when i moved to town was that plus coffee shop plus apparel yeah how, you know and how did you evolve from diy shop into everything else yeah so i mean from the beginning we also wanted it to be just a welcoming environment and one of those um things to do that would be coffee we just you know we love coffee and we we always thought like okay what if it was a space kind of between your work your home you know the third space that uh someone could come hang out uh have a cup of coffee you know, maybe work on a bike, maybe just look at bikes, maybe have no clue what a bike is, but they're going to get good coffee uh, and just have a different experience. So kind of uh, wanted to combine all of the motorcycle lifestyle, you know, for a fun hangout spot. Uh, that's not just about a garage, you know, because uh, I think when I got into bikes, I was very intimidated by garages. You know, you, you can't just go hang out right. at there's a garage. A, there's unless, a vibe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Unless you know the person and then um you know they're sitting there working you know so we wanted just a really fun place to hang out um yeah so in our first location we were starting to build out the coffee program uh we leased a building next to us you know to kind of build that out and um and that time we hit some zoning issues uh and we basically had to move out of that space so um it sucked. We tried fighting, you know, the city and everything. But at the end of the day, we could only stay there if we were going to be a retail shop, um, which we were a DIY garage. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So we looked for a new space, which would be the one you knew, uh, which was about twice as big. And we added, you know, the coffee aspect and a bigger garage and more storage. Um, and it really, really gave us a great space to you know, put on community events. Uh, we had the DGR out there a few times, you know, and um, we do weekly like pop-ups, uh, workshops. That, that's what I, yeah, I did love that about the new space is that it was, uh, it really was large enough to, to host a lot of people and, mm -hmm. and be a welcoming community environment when you wanted to do events. And, you know, it, 
somehow you were able to pull off even when there wasn't a big event, you, you spread things out enough that it didn't feel empty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though it was very spacious. So. Yeah. It was, I mean, the coffee area was 3,500 square feet and seats a lot of people and we try to put as much retail and stuff in there as well. But uh, it was really cool. Just, I mean, we had weddings and rehearsals and uh, bands play and, you know, just, just a little bit of everything there. Right on. Um, so when you decided to, uh, for, more community reasons bring on the coffee aspect mm -hmm. what did you know about being a coffee <laughs> retailer at the time yeah i knew i liked it i knew i it'd probably cut my bill down my monthly bill of uh coffee consumption but uh yeah both of us didn't really know much about that side of the industry you know so we did we went and visited a lot of coffee shops you know got to just know what it takes to run one um but we did end up hiring uh zach uh he came out of nashville to just kind of start up our coffee program because um, we wanted it to be really good we didn't want it to be you know yeah. it's just pouring folders out of a mr coffee yeah uh, not like there's anything wrong with that but <laughs> um you know we we wanted that actual coffee shop you know experience and and luckily zach did a killer killer program with us and um uh you know we we kind of got good recognized we got recognized as an actual coffee shop not just a hokey you know no it, it, i mean it's good I, like i'm i'm a person i love good coffee and and you guys had really good coffee Thank and that's you. um uh i grew up in in milwaukee and uh, moved here about a year ago and uh, I think in my neighborhood, at least, there's just that that doesn't exist. We have um, it, it's it's Dunkin' Donuts everywhere, and mm -hmm. um, you know I, I really enjoy uh, that that more premium coffee experience, and it, it's a, a little bit harder to come by here, at least in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and we we had fun with it too, you know, because there can be a pretentious pretentious side of coffee, and then there's people that just love good coffee. Uh, and so we, we'd have fun with it and, you know, made some like a Coca-Cola espresso coffee mixes and lemonade coffee, uh, which we're actually still working on being canned and being sold in retail stores uh, just because it was such a fun hit. Nice. <laughs> well, and, and it's always hot here. So yeah, <laughs> lemonade's refreshing. So All you, the you time. do that year round. Um, no, that's great. And then did you you had to source uh, local coffee i'm assuming cuz you weren't a, you weren't a roaster yeah, yeah uh not a roaster but we first started off with a um uh sight glass out in san francisco uh they're uh, a roaster out there and we just love their vibe and everything so we were using them for a while but decided we wanted something local um just cuz we would get a lot of visitors we kind of became like a destination space especially for motorcyclists and so we wanted to offer something local. So we've been working with uh, radio roasters out of Decatur uh, for the past three years or so. Um, and they're just awesome. We get to go and actually check on the roasts and change them a little bit if we want. But yeah. Nice. Um, you you may or may not be the person to ask this question, but I've, I've always wondered because uh, I've observed different motorcycle types mm -hmm. and then what their cultures are. And, you know, and I'm overgeneralizing, but let's say the cruiser culture is really a bit more about uh, alcohol and, and beer and, mm -hmm. and those style of parties. But I, I've observed the, the the classic motorcycle culture really aligns with coffee. Yeah. Do you have any idea where that came from? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know, because um, that, that is very true. I, 
maybe it's just the generation, you know, I'm 36. Uh, you know, it's like, I like to go sit at coffee shops and maybe it's, maybe it's that kind of thing. Uh, it, it is funny cause a lot of our older customers, you know, that were kind of that older, like cruiser type, they would just get the, the black coffee, you know, and then, uh, you see some of the younger guys get the cappuccinos and, and all that kind of stuff. So you could kind of base someone off of the coffee they were drinking too. Um, but yeah, I think there's been a weird, especially in the last five years, weird um, culture mix of coffee and motorcycles. Yeah, um, I mean it, it's really synonymous right yeah. now. I mean, especially on the on the classic side. So, yeah, uh, I I mean I, I like that culture. I'm you know, <laughs> a big coffee drinker myself. Well, I, so, I, I think yeah. there's a little bit too because we've talked we've talked about uh, putting you know a bar or selling alcohol and stuff, which just a whole other licensing issue. But uh, you know there's that stigma of like drinking and riding. It's not a great thing to promote. So it's a lot easier to promote coffee and motorcycles. And <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so, so you started with then, you know, really premium coffee and then expanded to uh, at, at some point uh, food and apparel. Yeah. I mean, so we, we've been selling kind of uh, shirts and stuff, you know, for the past uh, since we began, uh, just just because I love the designing aspect of that. Um but yeah, we, we added pastries and uh, we would do special food on pop-ups. Um, and then just, I, I always wanted to kind of focus on the brand side of it. Um, and when, you know, back in March, when the whole COVID outbreak kind of happened, uh, that was really the time we were kind of, we were getting out of our lease um, at that moment. You know, rent was going up and we were just kind of, trying to decide if we should resign or not and COVID situation happened and that was kind of a sign of just <laughs> right. let's get out of the space and let's focus on you know the retail and the online presence for now um yeah so we've been you know doing that for the past six months uh just working online and um yeah it's been cool well and uh, interesting i mean you have uh, at least one massive hit Sure, I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> Everybody out there, I, I'm I'm sure you've seen it, uh, and may or may not have associated with Brother Moto, but it's the the famous all blackout tee with white bold letters. Motorcycles are dangerous. Um, when you designed this shirt, I mean, did did you know it was going to be that much of a hit? We just thought it'd be a joke. You know, we we were. I think it was holiday season a couple of years ago and we we're just like, it'd be funny to make a shirt that just said motorcycles are dangerous, you know, cause that's what you're told all the time if you ride and, you know, it's either a fun gift for someone or, you know, people get the irony out of it when you're riding around with one. Um, yeah. So it, it kind of just stuck and it's been, <laughs> yeah, it, it blew up. I see yeah. it everywhere. So it's, <laughs> uh, and, um, it may have even, well, so I'd like to ask you about, um, you mentioned that for a while you became a destination. I, I think that's really true. So mm -hmm. uh, would you see a lot of out-of-town riders make, make it a point to make a stop at Brother Moto? Yeah, I think, um, well, one, being in Atlanta, you know, we're one of the most, like, traveled airports and, you know, stuff like that. And there's tons of conventions that come to town. So, uh, yeah, we'd see these surges, you know, if there's some you know, industry convention, you know, have people coming through all the time. Um, or 
if someone knows, you know, you ride, they're going to be like, hey, check out brother. Um, we just kind of became that that type of destination. Yeah. I, I got to ask you, and I think when you you opened up, I mean, you mentioned you were looking for some sense of motorcycle community, but uh, you, especially in Atlanta, you've really become a, a leader in in the space like is that how weird is that to you that <laughs> that you're almost leading uh or, or a very strong voice in you know the motorcycle culture here yeah it's it's weird because it's it's not something you know set out to do um and not sure if I, I see myself that way i just i like people you know i like i like seeing people get on bikes i like seeing people learn new things so uh i think it just naturally is one of those things that happen um, I, it's, it's something I would love to bring to every city, you know, and something I always have in the back of my mind of like, how do we replicate this, you know, in, in different cities and, and different cities have their own groups and everything. I don't want to come in and like take over anything, but, you know, I think it is a model that gives, um, not just writers, but like kind of creatives and artists and stuff a space to gather um you know which is something i love seeing people do um unfortunately you can't do right now <laughs> right uh well and it's also interesting when when we could do things um you were one of the guests that we invited to tucson arizona for mm -hmm. a, a cool riding experience and we were just talking before we started recording that I barely remember seeing you there. You kind of <laughs> hang out in the back. So, I mean, that that's a very interesting uh, dynamic uh, of somebody that does gravitate towards the back of the room, but is also in this uh, position where you're, you're guiding the, yeah. you know, the motorcycle culture in uh, the mega city of Atlanta. <laughs> I, I think I love the, the, well, I, I like taking photos and stuff and yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I like observing and kind of more just giving people the the space to you know create or do or be uh I, it's not all about me at all <laughs> so i enjoy hanging out in the back <laughs> yeah how have you uh so you brought up kind of current state of the world and covid um you know virtually or on, on phone have you interacted with a lot of your members and you know it for I'd say for a, a certain group of motorcyclists, some riders, you know, they, they love the independence and and almost um, the alone time to be introspective. Mm -hmm. But um, you were interacting a lot more with a, a very uh, a group of riders that really like the community. Mm -hmm. um, how have you seen them reacting mm -hmm. to yeah I mean, the current sense of lack of community? So we still have like a members, you know, newsletter or email kind of chain uh, system set up and, you know, they're still active on that, which is really cool. They're still uh, reaching out uh, probably once a week or so, once every other week, you know, someone's like, I need to change my oil. Like, when are you guys going <laughs> to reopen? Like, when, when can we have another space again, you know? Um, uh, so it's good to hear that, but it's also really cool to just see them jump in and help each other out. Some of the uh, people are offering up their garages, you know, on the weekends and, you know, for the other members to kind of do their thing. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's also a, uh, maybe a strange position for you to be in where um, we, we're discouraged to, you know, it, interact in person and especially in, in large gatherings. Mm -hmm. But um, ridership has increased a lot over yeah. the past few months. And and therefore, I believe that the need for 
a place yeah. to go work on their bike is <laughs> is actually increased, not decreased right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, over over these past five months, I've probably <laughs> sold more project bikes or you know um, parts that I never thought I'd be able to get rid of because people are actually getting these old projects and having the time to learn and do something that they've always wanted to do um, or build another bike. So yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. The amount of ridership that's grown, um, you know, just in the past six months. I, it really is just, it's the perfect activity yeah. uh, to do. So uh, that, that's a great transition. You recently went on a ride yeah. um, <laughs> and, and I haven't talked to you really yeah. since you got back. So um, I, I just love to hear all about that. I yeah. mean, what, what inspired you to, to go on this journey? And then wh what did you guys actually do? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's been a while. Like um, I've done a couple cross country trips and it's probably been three years since I've done like more than a weekend trip. Uh, and I think being cooped up uh, in the past six months and you know, I, I've, I've been basically, I live in my office <laughs> so, or, or my office is in my home, you know, whichever vice versa, um, you know, and seeing probably the same four or five people over the last six months. And it's just like, I just needed to get out of the city, uh, you know, kind of clear my head, get on a bike, you know, remember what that's like just to to not know where you're going to end up sleeping at the end of the day and, uh, just go for it. So, uh, yeah, luckily, uh, I was able to take a tiger 900, um, which is a great bike and, uh, me and a buddy Blaine, um, uh, he's kind of a film photographer, um, enjoys, you know, taking a lot of photos and stuff. He was, he was feeling the same way. He wanted to go to San Francisco to see his brother, who's our mutual friend who just had a baby. Um, you know, and so we're like, well, what if we took two weeks and just kind of, you know, got out West coast and, um, didn't really plan anything, but just got away. Uh, yeah. So it, it was really, really, really needed, <laughs> I think in this time, um, to just be able to grab a bike. Um, you know, we started in, uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, and I, I've done enough of this East coast stuff <laughs> it's, going through Kansas is not fun at all. So we started in Denver, Colorado and just, um, uh, woke up and kind of pointed into space and, uh, I think it was Moab. We're like, well, let's just end up in Moab. Didn't know where we'd go, uh, where we'd camp, and and just kind of headed out that way. Um, yeah, so it is it, incredible just uh, spending more time in the West Coast. Um, you know, I've always just kind of ridden through the big roads, but uh, yeah, we went to Moab and actually hiked, you know, into the Arches Canyon and uh, did some actual hiking and stuff and um, just, just rode around. But it it was crazy because the uh fires out in california yeah i was gonna ask you uh really in interesting time to to go there yeah. um <laughs> probably not the best time uh and I, you know and i know you're looking to get away and there's a a baby to go meet but i mean you were in the heart of where yeah. wildfires were and it was blazing hot yeah. fires aside right yeah yeah so we try to get in the yosemite park and they were shut down uh that was another thing we learned was you know with the covid uh crisis there's still some parks that either had limitations or were shut down but when we got into california it went from you know 
90 degrees in the deserts up to 115 and uh that was actually the hottest i've ever ridden in and it's it's unlike anything you know the faster you go the hotter it gets and um it kind of got to a point where you're like you couldn't breathe (laughs) we both like pulled over and we're just like i don't know if we can do this and we're chugging water and you know sweating it out (laughs) trying to wear all our protective gear but it was it was brutal well that's interesting i mean usually uh here if it's hot as long as you're moving you have some breathing and it it works so that uh is counterintuitive yeah yeah it's uh, you know it's something about the the hot air is just heavier and it it literally gets hotter you know my skin was just like burning almost um you know but then over there it's so weird because you get in the shade and it's a little bit cooler at least but um yeah we went from 115 degrees that because of the wildfires and the heat we didn't spend as much time in California as we hoped. Um, visibility was really tough. Uh, I was gonna, uh, how close did you get to, to any of them? I, I don't know really, because you would just see clouds of just this weird red sky, you know. Um, so I don't know where it was starting. <laughs> we're probably like 20, 30 miles from, you know, the actual fire. An actual flame. Yeah. 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 But, but the, yeah, it was just everywhere, right? Yeah. I guess when it, when the flames get so big, yeah, it just overtakes it was, everything. It was post apocalyptic. I mean, I've know. seen some epic photographs yeah. of, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 you know, almost post of, of craters that are saying if, if you're not out capturing, yeah. you know, this, yeah uh, you're doing something wrong so. yeah yeah and so yeah we got some awesome pictures in yosemite uh near the gate there and uh we camped at one spot that was like it was a drained lake so that already looked post-apocalyptic and then um you know the sky was all red and everything s- smelled like a uh, smoke and it was it was crazy but yeah we got out of there. <laughs> okay I, I, I can't blame you was was the actual so, so the heat was one component of it. Mm-hmm. Um, were you worried about like ash and, and particles and things like that? Yeah. Um, I, I think that one night we camped, you know, closest to the fires. We woke up and there was ash all over the bikes, you know, all over our tents. Well, that's, I mean, you just, uh, <laughs> you just put a new scenario in my mind of, of camping in any sort of proximity to wildfire because I mean, when you're asleep, who knows which way it's yeah. going to go, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I guess we're we're like next to a lake, so worst thing, we'd just go jump in that. But <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of scary. And, you know, I could feel it in my throat the next day. Um, so, yeah, we, we got out of there. Uh, but then it was a weird thing. There's a cold front coming down that um, at the same time, I think it snowed in Denver. Uh, we were somewhere in Utah or something. But so we went from 115 degrees to about 38 degrees, uh, you know, within a couple days. Um, so being prepared for that, I thought we were going to be in the desert for a while. And, you know, I had a few layers, but riding in 38 degrees through mountain passes. Is <laughs> yeah, that, that's something else. So you, so you didn't pack all the, all the cold <laughs> no, gear? Not all yeah. the cold gear. So I had like everything on I possibly could put on. Did and you figure out the heated seats? I, <laughs> yes, the okay, heated good. seats definitely <laughs> saved my butt. <laughs> uh, and the heated grips for sure. <laughs> Those are, yeah, it's such a luxury. Uh, but, I mean, but it made it uh, probably really rideable. Yeah, I mean. yeah definitely readable and uh that's something blaine he's also 
he mainly rides vintage bikes as well. Um, you know, so both of us are used to these like old vintage bikes with no bells and whistles. And here we are with, you know, traction control, ABS, heated grips, uh, cruise control. Um, you know, and we're, we're just like, this is, this is traveling totally different. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible. It was like, yeah, it was a totally different experience than what we're used to. Um, you know, which was really cool cause it gave us a chance to, soak in the sights you know instead of freaking out that our engine might blow up in the heat yeah it, well i mean and you went to some gnarly places i don't mm -hmm. think um uh, i heaven forbid a breakdown in yeah. the middle of the desert and 115 oh. degrees yeah we um, rode uh the loneliest road in the u.s it's called i think that's the name it's given and it sounds like a song yeah <laughs> it was literally we we didn't see anyone for 100 miles like no other car anything you know so yeah in my head i was like if i was on you know an old bike it might have overheated here and who knows when we would have been picked up um <laughs> scary thought yeah so, i mean and, and great for the city yeah um, yeah i guess just don't take uh don't take it on the loneliest world yeah loneliest, loneliest road, road in the world yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I'm glad you made it back. Uh, all in all, happy with the trip. Yes, yeah, cool. it, was, it was it was a great experience, and uh, yeah, going through about 500 photos to uh, kind of create a story of just just the experience and the need of getting away like that, you know, um, especially after being cooped up so long. I think motorcycles are the safest way to get out and experience something new right now. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to see some of those photos. I, yeah. I've, I've gotten a taste and they're incredible. And um, the, maybe we'll uh, try to release those uh, around the same time as the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And that'd be fantastic. That'd be cool. Um, but uh, so, well, well, welcome back <laughs> to Atlanta. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you have a good answer for this, but it, but I have to ask, and and uh, and I know I'm not the only one that's asked. But um, what's what's in the future? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it sounded like a a pretty safe decision to you know shut down the physical space at the time. But, mm -hmm. um, but you know, what are your thoughts on? Is that in the future? Are you enjoying being more a, a, of a brand in a in an online presence for the time being? Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's been a very necessary break i think for me uh personally uh, any small business owner will just know how much of your life goes into especially a physical space uh especially one that's center around community i mean every day would just be conversation after conversation and well yeah can, can you even work when you're at work <laughs> <laughs> you, i couldn't i i had like an office in the back but you know it, it's like it would just be knock on the door all day long. So I'd have to go hide other places and, um, yeah. So, sorry, Jared's not here right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zach would actually tell people that and I'd be hiding in the back, uh, just to try to get stuff done. But, uh, you know, but at the same time, I, I'd love the community aspect of that and love, you know, being able to see people and hang out with people and, and their dogs. Um, yeah, but to answer that question, it's 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 been a necessary break. Uh, I would love to still open a physical location, and um, I I kind of made the mental note of like I'm not gonna look till next year, um, till 2021. Yeah, just just to see what real estate's like and what you know. Well, and, and you found a, a cool like middle ground for the time being mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Victory. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so Victory, um, they, they 
there's Victory Sandwich Bar. Uh, they have two locations, and then uh, they own a Lloyd's restaurant and a couple other. But Ian, he's he's been kind of with us since day one uh, as a member, friend. Uh, he rides as well. He's he's one of the owners of Victory, and uh, so they opened a new coffee shop, and uh, we kind of are doing the retail side of that. Uh, so putting a lot of our retail stuff in there and they're doing the coffee. So it's, you know, it, it's a scaled down, just like a uh, version of what we had, but still offers a great place to meet up and uh, hang out and have good coffee and get some cool merch. Yeah, perfect. Well, I, I'm sure, I, I'm glad that you, you know, took this time to, to let the, the pressure ease off again and, <laughs> or ease off a little bit. I'm sure you'll, you'll find something down the road. I'm personally looking forward to more than anything, uh, an everything biscuit. Oh yeah. <laughs> those were good. I forgot oh, about those. Those were so good. And I've never even heard of that or had one in my life, but uh, I'm a person that really enjoys an everything bagel. Yeah. And then, I mean, it is the perfect marriage of uh, an everything bagel and uh, like a nice warm, fluffy biscuit yeah. <laughs> just with all the everything on top of it, uh, minus the bagel. Yeah. I, I mean, it was- I do miss that. <laughs> incredibly delicious <laughs> yeah i think between all the bagels and pastries you know it was it was tough not to gain 10 pounds a week <laughs> even all that so, so this was actually your weight loss program. yeah it was okay. it was <laughs> <laughs> i've gone the opposite of most most people <laughs> nice well uh really great to have you here today and uh we'll be on the lookout for you know what happens in the future yeah yeah so. well i appreciate you having me out here and check out brothermoto.com or at brother moto on instagram and yeah hope to see you on the road likewise thanks <laughs> thanks jared yes thank you hope you enjoyed that interview with jared erickson of brother moto he just told you where you can check them out but i'll tell you one more time just in case and you can check out all of the photos of their recent trip across the country at brothermoto.com or at brother moto on instagram till next time ride safe <laughs>